Hey everybody, welcome to the Lovecraft Show, where we talk about love, crafts, and everything in between. My name's Mr. X Stitch. And I'm Marion. And this week we are joined by the she's not even a triple threat. Can you be an omni threat when it comes to craft? Can you do all the crafts and be a nice person? You can <laughs> if you're Christine Leach. <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome, Christine, our complete heroine. Oh, bless you. Thank you. I mean, I can do all the crafts. Am I a nice person, though? That is the question. Well, we've only Come spent on. short amounts of time with you, so I'm sure if we were stuck in a house with you for a fortnight, we'd have a yeah. balanced view on the subject. Yeah, exactly. Now's the time. This is when everyone will find out if I'm a nice person or not. But luckily, I'm on my own in this weird situation, so uh, oh. What no could one go wrong know. there, then? Exactly. <laughs> Just exactly. me and the voices. It's Just me. fine. Just me, yeah. the Omnicrafter. And myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if ever there was a time to teach myself crochet and knitting, now would be it. But um, you already know still, those, right? I know them. I can't do them. I've I've got like kind of junior school level on both of them. I'm just not. It's just not something that I can do for some really? reason. I think I've decided it's any um any pattern that involves numbers. And my mind just shuts down. So it's all the crochet numbers and abbreviations in the like patterns. I just yeah. yeah my sister, my, mind. Feels, my sister's just like that. She 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 said, "Oh, I, I would I love doing it." She says she can do stripy blankets, but she doesn't like anything that involves numbers. And she's convinced she's got sort of dyscalculia or something. She can't. It just throws her, makes her mind swim mm. if there are numbers involved. But also. I mean, all the things that you do, the thing I love about all your stuff is there's such amazing instant results. Not instant, but it's quick results. So things look beautiful, there's magic involved, and then they suddenly look amazing. <laughs> and I think with knitting and crochet, that just does not happen. Yeah, I, I suffer greatly from impatience. I was messaging my friend earlier today just saying, I'm obviously at home doing a lot more baking and cooking than I normally do, but still my meals are just not amazing. And uh, she said, well, you have to take time, you know, you have to take time to see your onions and do your, you know, let everything kind of brew and stew. And I'm just like, no, I go from being <laughs> not hungry to hungry so quickly I never have the time to like do the waiting. And I think that's the same with my craft. I think I go from, oh my God, it would be amazing if you could make this to, I really need to make that now. And I don't have the patience to have a very long time in between those two things. So have you ever bought one of those, you know, when you go to charity shops and they like from back in the eighties when microwaves first happened, there were like literally thousands of you can cook everything in a microwave book. Like maybe you should dive into those and, and explore that. That might be a, apparently you can I do a roast dinner in a microwave, can't you? Well, yeah. I should, but also weirdly sort of contrary to everything I've just said, I don't own a microwave because I don't want to cook things really quickly. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to cook things slowly, <laughs> fast. <laughs> yeah. So even when I like get home late from work and I just want a ready meal, it's still like a 40 minute wait in the oven. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna grill that like Russell's yeah. burger, or whatever they call exactly. it. Yeah. You exactly. find then if you get an idea in your head and there's an immediacy behind it that your brain automatically latches onto certain crafts first. Yeah, I think my go-to has been for a while has been embroidery, which has been really nice to kind of have that kind of thing. But because 
obviously embroidery is becoming very fashionable again and it's really mm. nice to kind of see the modern spin on a lot of stitching projects I mean obviously Jamie you have liked embroidery for a long time it's never been out of even before it was a thing <laughs> even before it was a thing you were the inventor um, yeah, <laughs> and I, I think I have kind of fads not fads but like when I was doing my pom-pom book literally everything I looked at my first thought was like, hmm, how do I turn that into a pom-pom? <laughs> Which is why there's weird things like sushi and licorice all sorts and stuff in the book. Let me just say that if anybody wants to find that book, it's called Pom-Pom Mania. And it's an absolutely fantastic book with all sorts of extraordinary pom-pom projects <laughs> in it. I mean, you, you, can, you can turn anything into a pom-pom, you can. I, well, I, yes. I mean, have I you have found some... have you found anything that you can't turn into a pom pom? Um, I've seen online people have done like the whole alphabet, and I've tried various letters from that, and some you can do, and some just no. But other than yeah. those, literally the world. Other than those, a... literally the world. Well, the world's really easy, obviously, because it's just a sphere. <laughs> um, <laughs> Last week we were talking about children and craft and what kids like doing best and stuff like that when you were little can you tell us that from the beginning I mean I know I was very much a maker right from the off I've got my hand up here because I've got a very particular question right if that's all right oh barge in why don't you sorry but I want to find out in that case about the prize winning hemmed (laughs) handkerchief from the Ringmere village flower and produce show So I come from a very crafty family. My nan used to work in a factory sewing all the sort of like cricket pads and various kind of things for Slesinger. So kind of quite intricate and quite hardcore embroidery uh, sewing projects. And then my, my aunt had her own kind of like fashion line making house coats and dressing gowns. And then I think they just taught my mom and my aunt and then my mum just taught us and we just it's pretty much making stuff and playing with lego are like the two things that I remember doing for most of my childhood yeah so every year there was the ringma flower show and they always had like a little category little kids craft categories and my sister and I used to enter them all the time every year and the hemmed handkerchief was (laughs) I think my first first prize I heard and how old were you well (laughs) It does change occasionally. I feel I was five. And then sometimes I go and look at the uh, newspaper clipping and then I add up dates and then I maybe I'm six. But, um, <laughs> maybe I'm 12. I mean, that's still pretty amazing, isn't it? That you had those motor skills at that young age. Yeah. And I really remember, I guess it must have been the autumn flower show. There was two. There was like a spring one and an autumn one. And I remember in the summer holiday, going on holiday in Margate, and I really remember really clearly sitting with my nan and her showing me how to do the hemming and her making me unpick it and redo it. (laughs) So you're not even, you can't even pretend that somebody else did it. Like you, this is you. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was a slave driver kind of, unpick it, unpick it, unpick it. (laughs) But um, I do really, really remember doing it. I think older craftswomen always look at young children and 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 think, oh yes, you're going to carry this forward <laughs> into the yeah. new world. Yeah, because you do always want to identify people that are going to carry on your craft. Yeah, 
True. So at what point did you realise that, you know, then did you sort of think, right, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life as a job? Or did you go in a different, you know, this is the moment when you say, no, actually, I decided I want to be a welder. (laughs) (laughs) At some point later on, I thought, no, I'm going to make compromise. I was always really crafty and very artistic. And my family were very generous in allowing us to kind of do whatever we wanted. So I wasn't kind of forced to do things that I didn't want to do. Basically, I went and studied illustration at college. And having graduated from that, it didn't take long to realise that it was quite hard to actually make a career as a freelance illustrator. So I kind of had to change my tack a little bit and self-taught and picked up on a more of the graphic design side of stuff that I had learned at college and then I was able to use that to go into working for like women's magazines and stuff but I mean I've seen I've seen some of the things you've done I mean do you remember when it wasn't that long ago when you went to Heels and you did which is a department store in London um where you just did confetti everywhere I mean you had a a bit of a confetti crush for a while there was that was something a just by sticking, yeah, strategically sticking, yeah, coloured paper, yeah, on things. And that, and was, that was brilliant. Thank you. That was something that it's one of those things that I think all creatives need to kind of try and remember. There was a very much a case of that keep it simple, stupid kind of mm. vibe because they'd asked me to come up with a design for a window for heels for heels so a furniture shop lots of different types of furniture in the window but using this kind of amazing thick washi tape that's called haru tape that's perfect for decorating spaces because it's like a brightly colored tape but it doesn't damage the windows or the furniture or the walls or anything so it was really good for like um temporary installations and i'd come up with like this incredible idea like because I was like, oh my God, it's a window in heels, like in the middle of London, it's got to be incredible. And I'd come up with this amazing idea, making all these like fake flowers out of this tape and kind of doing all this really intricate kind of decoration. And then they sort of came back to me and were like, oh no, that's not really what we want. It's not very heels. Have you got anything else? And then I was like, oh, well, I can just cut the tape up into rectangles and stick it everywhere and it'll look like confetti. And they're like, oh yeah, that's brilliant. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, but that only took me four minutes to think about like it can't be good enough if it doesn't didn't take me very long to think about and I think that's something that the more I kind of do projects like that the more you sort of realize that you don't necessarily have to spend ages thinking about something and quite often your first idea is your right idea you've got to have so, the nerve to go with that though haven't you when with the, yeah. that moment of like instant creativity you've got to have the nerve to not then edit it after the fact right yeah yeah but you know it's it's so interesting because last week when we were talking about kids and stuff we were saying that as parents you have to be able to let your children sort of run free on the craft and art things and not be too prescriptive in order to give them the confidence to sort of validate their ideas which is extremely hard for parents so like full marks to your parents for letting you decorate Mm. your room (laughs) actually my my mum was very much like that but I think that's what gives people the confidence to know that it's something that they've dreamt up is worth something fabulous. Won't it be so interesting, you know, in 20 years time to look at like the kids of Corona 
Mm -hmm. So, you know, just to sort of see how they came out, to see that whether like the, we're the kids of America. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If I could sing, I would mm -hmm. start singing that song, but I can't, so I won't. And we'd all want a stripy t shirt. Do you remember she yeah. had a stripy t shirt <laughs> in Wild? Yeah. She was singing that. But there is something um, you don't, you know, I've got a three year old, so obviously it's not like quite the same as having an eight year old, but I don't go, oh, let's do some maths. Like, I feel like. You, you want that playfulness, don't you? Because actually, if you want somebody to hold on something for a while, so you being able to decorate your room makes that room your universe and makes yeah. you more inclined mm. to be in there rather than it being your parents' version of... Yeah. Your... And also, I think the fact that your parents are just like, yeah, yeah do it, and then probably were like, oh, that's fabulous, it's really cool. That mm. validation mm. and that sort of um, does wonders for your artistic self-esteem too doesn't it yeah. because it makes it really valuable and a real thing yeah yeah and I was just always surrounded with and and I think I'm quite fortunate because I've got kind of half and half so my dad kind of built like extended our house and he kind of did it all by himself with the help of like the reader's digest DIY <laughs> encyclopedia yeah, um yeah <laughs> and then my mum it was always like well if you want a new you know if you want a new school skirt or you want some new school trousers then we'll buy the fabric and we'll make them kind of thing so it was just we were just a very hands-on family mm. and I think that's why I'm not really afraid of anything when it comes to making stuff because how hard can it be <laughs> It's oh, also, it's familiar really and it's hard. like, it's triple in your DNA as well, isn't it? It's like, you yeah. know, this is, that runs through your fibre of being. Yeah. Mm. I mean, don't ask me to do my tax return or mm -hmm. like. Or cook something slowly. Or cook it. something slowly <laughs> or anything. I'm firmly of the belief that everybody is put on this earth for a reason. And for some people, they are going to be like the best lollipop person on the planet because that's what they're meant to do. And that it's just the trick of trying enough stuff to find out what it is that you're good at. I mean, with I you, it's that. clear it was just like the whole of craft. <laughs> so that made it quite easy, I guess. I wonder whether as well you get people where there's a real strong craft thing, but then the modern world gets in the way. Because as you said, there's a certain amount of rarity to the fact that your family remained let's make clothes rather than let's buy clothes and you know didn't fall down in the face of like the ease of consumerism and stuff it's nice that you were given that space yeah definitely and I think it was always shown that it was enjoyable as well so mm. I think it wasn't kind of forced upon us from necessity it was just like this is a nice thing to do it's a good pastime it's also beneficial for the purse strings and stuff. That's a risk, isn't it? When it's like, let's make our own curtains. You can be like, oh, I've got to make my own curtains. Or you can go, let's yeah. make our own curtains, yeah. everybody. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very true of socks, actually. I know. I, <laughs> well, I... Every every episode, Miriam will find a way to allude to socks. Excellent. I like it. You know the, just... the Arctic melting, the melting ice caps in the Arctic? It's a lot to do with socks. <laughs> can't help it. I'm just a bit sock obsessed. But do you know that, I mean, I, it's, I think it's because socks have come to me rather late in my crafting. <laughs> Should have been right. barefoot, child. I was going to say. Don't get me started on bamboo socks and TK Maxx, man. I go through those in about a week. Don't get me started. <laughs> okay, I won't. If you like Lovecrafts, you're going to love our show. So just subscribe now. Get it over and done with.
It's the Lovecraft Show. It's the Lovecraft Show. Oh my God, we love to craft. It's the Lovecraft Show. Well, there you go. There it is. Yeah, there it is. we haven't even started on the proper singing yet, have we? So, in terms of let's let's switch around slightly to crafting in terms of the earth. Um, I wanted to ask you about the inspiration behind your chandeliers at the Bath Christmas Market, which oh. were made of plastic bottles. They how were. Did you, how do you make a flower out of a plastic bottle? <laughs> well, that was a really fun project to work on, but it gave me kind of emotional turmoil because processes to make flowers out of plastic bottles do involve cutting up the plastic melting the edges with a candle and then kind of spraying with paint and then you're sort of like so for all the good I'm doing for using up these bottles am I then undoing it by using spray paint and stuff but then I talked to the people at um do you know make something it's like the green pieces arm of like creative sustainability craft arm and I sort of talked to them about it and they were like you're turning something that would just get thrown away into a beautiful piece of art you're giving it a second life so for every every piece of something that you can give a second life to then that's you're keeping it out of landfill you're keeping it out of the oceans for a while longer basically. can you describe these I'm, I'm not aware yes. of describe yeah so bath council asked me to come up with some ideas of what we could do to decorate the bath christmas market area they sort of said they need to be weatherproof outdoors colorful able to have children help make them and i came up with this idea for like this wreath like i i I made like a dummy wreath like it was about half a meter round and i made some pom-poms out of plastic bags because my default is if anyone asks me to do any sort of decoration I'm like can I do it in pom-poms and I was like I could do it in pom-poms but if it's going to be outside in December yarn is going to get soggy it's going to droop so what else could I use are they called you- plom-poms plom-poms they are now because <laughs> you get plan don't you so I feel plan, like that's a natural yeah yeah so I was just like well we can use plastic. And I thought, well, I can't buy new plastic. So what could we use? And I thought, well, we could use plastic bags. And then that kind of just sent me off on this kind of thinking about all the other things that you could use and how you could start involving the local community of Bath to like provide the materials. So they had sort of like a plastic bag amnesty where you could bring all your plastic bags to the workshop that I was working in so that I could use them. And they started collecting all the plastic bottles from around and about. And yeah, so basically we made plastic bags into pom-poms. We made plastic, the kind of tops of plastic bottles into flowers. And we made the bases of plastic bottles into snowflakes. I'm just going to, I just wanted to mention before we carry on with this conversation, I was out with my dog yesterday evening and it was one of those balmy evenings because the weather's been surprisingly good of late. And we were walking across the field and I noticed um, a murmuration. What bird is it? Starlings. 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 Swooping. It wasn't the biggest one I'd ever seen, but it was really quite engaging. And I watched it for a while and you could hear, you know, it was quite a quiet evening, a couple of sheep in the distance. And the strangest thing was that the murmuration, you, you know, you start to see things when they're moving, don't you? And I was sort of watching it. And at one point, I swear, it just said, subscribe to the Lovecraft show. 
<laughs> because it's always uh, it's been a, popular with starlings. It's a sign, you know. <laughs> I think it's amazing, and I just thought, well, if ever there was a sign that people should either on iTunes or just you know follow a link on Spotify, then now's the time to do it. On Instagram, I mean, you've got a gorgeous grid on Instagram and you, you. all these great stories. And so lots of sort of make-alongs. And I, I spotted the other day the Pom Pom Club. And, um, and Pom Pom News. Pom Pom News. <laughs> and also the lovely, like the when you make, when you sew things and like you were making a jacket and a dress. I just, it's just gorgeous. What are you doing in the, in the future? How are you coping with inspiring people in isolation and giving them <laughs> little, little crafts to do? What can we do? Okay, so Pom Pom News is quite random and started because basically I was lucky enough that just before lockdown started, I was commissioned to write a book. So the book's about sort of gift wrap and kind of zero waste gift wrap. Zero wrapping. waste gift wrap. I want to say the words furoshiki is what I want to You say. could say the word furoshiki for mm. sure. So the, that's the Japanese art of gift wrapping with fabric and tying knots and things and yeah so I was commissioned to write this book and they wanted it for Christmas 2021 and then I was like oh no it can't that's too late it needs to be out for Christmas 2020 and they were like well that means that it has to be delivered by May and I was like oh that's fine because I can write it (laughs) I was like that's fine I can write it I can write it I can make it I can design it so I was like I can do all of that so basically I can just present you with a book and then we were going to get a photographer to come along but then obviously lockdown happened and the photographer couldn't come. So then I've had to sort of learn, brush up on my GCSE photography <laughs> and uh, learn how to photograph. I had a big sort out of the studio and I cleared my desk and I moved it around and started doing these kind of like general chats to camera about pom-pom news and what, what the hot topic, hot craft topic was that day in my house. When you live on your own, you've got no one to talk to. As you may be witnessing from this podcast, the amount, <laughs> amount of chat that I'm coming out with. As um, we enter hour five I of know, the show. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's just quite nice to talk to people. So I've just sort of been sharing sort of ideas on pom-pom news, but now I'm starting to share and champion other people's makes and things that they've been working on and kind of get people involved and showing me what they've been making and kind of maybe suggesting things that they could make. And I do these workshops with Lovecrafts and they've been physical workshops in your lovely offices. But obviously, because of lockdown, we've had to stop those workshops, but we were trying to find a way of turning them to be online workshops so the last one that we had in March was to be a pom-pom wreath workshop which we successfully transformed into like an online workshop which was really good so I had this lovely two evenings um 12 ladies all on zoom having this really enjoyable evening I was sort of showing them how to make different pom-poms and how to prepare the wreath and stuff and then they would then they were going away for the week making all their pom-poms and then they came back the week later and I kind of showed them how to construct it all and it it worked really really well we should say to our lovely listeners so to keep an eye on the so yeah Mm. Instagram and website for all details of these beautiful letters I can't tell you how gorgeous they are everybody if we can find any pictures I will 
pop them on the Lovecrafts page about this show. Um, that would be lovely. Because they are just beautiful. I, can't... I think that's one of the things that's most frustrating about you is, you know, you get a lot of times, you know, like you're into your pom-poms and it's like you really tackle that. But I like, I've got your Felt So Good book. Oh, yeah. It's like all the stuff in that's blooming lovely. Like pretty much all of the things that you put your mind to turn out to be really darn nice. <laughs> you don't fumble the ball as far as I'm aware. <laughs> Thank so you. Maybe amazing. I just stick to the things I know I can do. I did have I little agree. so-and-so that I did. I think we did a review of that and a giveaway, which isn't a slur. But it's like, <laughs> we have a thing, whenever I get a review book or whenever my editor on my website gets one, we're like, if you like the book, keep the book. If you don't like the book, give it away. We'll but that's not a slur right. on yours. But, you know, like, <laughs> don't for worry. Me, like, I understand. I, I, have to, I've moved house twice since that book came out. So there's no way it was going to end up still in my office. Yeah. There are so many shows about crafts, but there's only one show about love crafts. <gasps> Perfect. It's like having your friends round for a cup of tea and a bit of stitching, only we're on a laptop. Yes, it is. That's exactly what it's like. And you don't know us. It's like having acquaintance. <laughs> we, <laughs> we will be your friends. Let us show you why we love craft. Crafts. Crafts. You know, when you spend all the hours of the day looking mm. at yarn, you do kind of get to know close up what they look like. I don't think I'd be so good now. But certainly at those times, I was a bit of a yarn nerd. One day we'll test that. We'll just like dig out some Pinterest boards, have a, a fast <laughs> round. How many yarns can you identify? In yeah, a name or something, that brand. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but now there are so many. There are so many merinos and so many alpacas. I mean, the other in the old days, you could sort of look at something and you'd know that the halo that was coming off a yarn was an alpaca halo or a mohair halo, and you can tell. But I don't know that I'd be able to tell these days. There's so many. Ooh, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even know that wool had a halo. So I know. <laughs> I'm Only just nodding wool. at this point. <laughs> I mean, this is what you. This is what we need for this lockdown. Honestly, we need Marion to set us a quiz. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a stronger person knowing that I can talk about the additional loft you gain from you. I know. You know exactly. It's just like complete nerdery, isn't it? <laughs> no. Amazing. It is. Would that but be your is. specialist subject if you were to go on Mastermind? I think so. I think it could be fibres. <laughs> I'm going to interject now because I've got some questions. It's about about that time when I've got some questions. So we're going to have to do another show, right? Because I've got at least two topics to talk about that we haven't talked about already. (laughs) And one of them was the time I beat you in a competition. Oh, rude. Because Because I just had a child. Let's just do it, right? So (laughs) Handmade Fair uh, 2018, 2017, 2017. Yeah. And they used to do a thing, Molly Makes, would do a Molly Makes mashup. So it was like on stage craft competition, a person versus a person. But ours was like a proper competition. <laughs> and the thing was, is that all things being even, you would have wiped the floor with me. I don't think so. No, come on, you would have done because actually I remember what I did. And it was, a, I, learned a, I learned a couple of lessons, which is if you're going to do a thing on stage, it doesn't have to look good up close. It has to look like all right from a distance. Yeah. So, you know, detail becomes largely irrelevant. But the biggest thing I learned is if you're going up in a competition against Christine Leach off of So Yeah, 
uh, Kath, the editor of Molly Makes It. Like, so how are you, Jamie? And I was like, I'm really great. I had a daughter three weeks ago and it's changed my life. And that pretty much won me the competition. Like yeah. I could have like, literally done nothing at that point. <laughs> that was all it took. But this isn't really a question. This is just a talking point. I know in 2012, you met a guy called Charles Burns, who's known as the Silhouettist. Oh, yeah. does those... Like I've met him as well, and How I think he's got that? he's got a superpower or something because he can like stand at you. He he makes silhouettes. He cuts silhouettes out of paper, and he's astonishingly good. He like genuinely is. He did one of me, and basically he just stands there with a piece of paper, like moving the paper, cutting his scissors, chatting to you, or whatever. Presents you with an absolutely perfect portrait of yourself in silhouette. How do you know that I've met him though? I just I research. I do research. <laughs> Urban. every <laughs> week christine yeah, every week around. he does this every week he comes up with really random things about people. i don't know how he does it He's google meister you've had nine books out and i think you've had nine books in like four di- they've been translated as well into different languages yeah That's yeah lots groovy. of different yeah russian are most exciting I, I just wondered what your tips would be for craft people who feel like they've got a book in them. Because I've had people ask me that. I've done two books and they're like, you know, what do you do to get a book? And I'm like, well, you sit around for long enough and eventually someone asks. Eventually. <laughs> but you've had quite a few. So I wonder if you've got any tips for people who Have might you. be feeling so inclined. I think I was fortunate that I've got my design background that we could present something that kind of looked already like a fully formed book because I used to work at a publishers so I sort of know that when you go to um, book fairs and stuff you have a thing called a blad with like a sort of 16 page mock-up yeah Mm. of the book so we had a couple of craft projects and stuff and when we did our first book we kind of made four of the projects photographed them wrote them and I designed it so we kind of just sent that to the publishers and was like you know this is what the book could look like so I think that definitely gave us a head start but when I pitched my other books I wrote all the projects that I was going to do so I'd come up with 30 ideas for projects I'd do a mood board for each project with my own work and pictures from Pinterest and stuff and I'd kind of knock up like a quick cover I'd have some thoughts for uh, cover titles and stuff and I'd kind of knock up a quick cover of what it would look like yeah I suppose that makes sense as well isn't it because if you've got a personal aesthetic then you want to convey that to book publishers don't you You don't want to go here's an idea and then they've got to get creative on your behalf you want to take the strain away from them right I think so. I think you kind of want to make it as easy as possible for them to say yes. So you want to be able to give them as much as you can. I mean, that's how I work now. And that's what I say to anybody who wants to thinking about putting a book together is try and do it as visually as possible. Because I know that Marion's got that book. You're you're working on that book, Socks and Dogs and Sausage Rolls, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's a tell-all. It's a tell-all, isn't it? For me, it's all about the words. It's always all about the words. Yeah, I see. And so I'm great on the words. I just, I, you know, I think the visual stuff is harder. So you've got a book coming out, which apparently is coming out this Christmas, Zero Waste Gift Wrapping. Yeah. Yeah, in which you talk about things such as furoshiki, the Japanese art of wrapping things in fabric. Yeah, my, you my, love that, don't you? I do, I do. My personal favourite uh, form of 
furoshiki is the bin tsutsumi, which is used for wrapping for bottles. bottles. And there's a technique within which you can wrap two bottles together with yes. the same piece of fabric to be carried around. Yes. Like, what's your favourite form of furoshiki? <laughs> so basically, it's going to it's half the beginning half of the book is the kind of knots um, section, but then we go a lot deeper. And it has weirdly been really beneficial to be in this lockdown. So the second half of the book is all about gift wraps and pouches and bags and sleeves and things from existing pieces of either existing fabric that you've got or articles of clothing and stuff. Because it was all about the upcycle and trying to keep things out of landfill for as long as you can. And there was kind of a statistic that even a really high percentage of clothes that go to charity shops still end up in landfill at some point. I'm really looking forward to this book. I think we need this. It is awful, the amount of wrapping paper that we rip to shreds. Yeah. no reason at all. I know. It's scary. I've got one final question. This Mm. one's a biggie, really. Mm. I want to know, what was the last good thing that you thinged? Right, so to give you context here... The last good bug that I caught was a bee fly. (laughs) It turns out that it's a fly, but because it's kind of fuzzy and a bit brown and yellow, everyone thinks it's a bee. It's got a really long nose. I thought it was deadly. Turns out it's great for, like, flower pollinator. Just pollinate. Oh, a bee fly. Well, if anybody knows about a bee fly, please email us on show at lovecrafts.com and tell us all about the bee flies, because we don't know much about those. The last good thing that I think was this morning when I realised that my daily exercise doesn't have to just be a walk and I went for a cycle to, it was like a mill pond, it was incredible. Um, That was nice. Yeah, it seemed like a thing to me. That's what the beauty of my question is. The last good thing I think can be... (laughs) It can be anything. Well, I'm ecstatic. I'm always thrilled by all your craft things. I think they're (laughs) very exciting. And I didn't even get to ask you about what I spotted on your website, which is the fact that you went ranch riding on a holiday. I wish I just wanted to know all about it. I I have to ask you about that another day. I've got more questions as well. We're going to have... I can talk to you about that for for hours. That's incredible. That brings us to another, the end of another episode of the Lovecraft Show, where I think we've talked about love and crafts and everything in between. And so in closing, my name is Mr. Exditch. And I'm Marion. And I know your eyes in the morning sun. I feel you touch me in the pouring rain and the moment that you wander far from me, I want to feel you in my arms again. And you come to me on a summer breeze, keep me warm in your love, then you softly leave. And it's me you need to show how deep is your love craft. Thank you very much, everybody. Good night. Thank you, Christine. (laughs) Thank you. It's been lovely to talk to you.